I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Check it out, y'all. Help me welcome LinkedIn to the show as our newest sponsor. I couldn't be more excited about this one. I don't know if you know what I do for a living. I'm not only the humble host of your favorite podcast, I also run a lifestyle marketing agency. We create events and experiential activations and content to help brands make investments in music, art, and other areas of culture. And this year, we also started offering recruiting services to help companies hire amazing people from within the network we've built over the years. In other words, I have to hire a lot of people. And it's no exaggeration to say I just I couldn't do that without LinkedIn. That's the truth. I use it every day to network, to keep in touch with people, to search for candidates, to do research. It's pretty much always open on my computer. LinkedIn is a better way to find great talent than the job boards or the other job sites. I mean, think about it. Millions of people are already using LinkedIn for networking. Most of those people aren't checking job boards, but they're on LinkedIn. So if you post your job there, people are way more likely to see it and to pay attention. 22 million people view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week. And their system considers the skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your job to potential candidates. If you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, you're missing out. So if you need to hire people for your company, I'm going to hook you up. Go to linkedin.com slash rebel and get a $50 credit towards your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash rebel for a $50 credit today. Terms and conditions apply. Jimmy O. Yang in this very nice studio for Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh? Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels who are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show featuring new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. Check it out. I'm your host, Josh Levine. 
This episode features the return of Jimmy O. Yang, the one and only funny Asian dude on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, everywhere else. You might know him as Jin Yang from Silicon Valley. He's also got a ton of uh, stuff coming out this summer. He's in Crazy Rich Asians. He's in The Life of the Party with Melissa McCarthy. He's the author of a new book, How to American, An Immigrant's Guide to Disappointing Your Parents. And he came through with um, some great stories, hilarious stories from the book. Um, We're actually giving away a signed copy of the book, autographed by Jimmy. If you follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Rebel Radio Net, you'll find out the details of the giveaway and how you can win it. Uh, Jimmy comes in, he shares some, some stories from the book. Uh, some lessons about uh, dating on Tinder when you're famous. And really my favorite story, he talks about passing on a great opportunity in the hopes that he might get an even better one. I'm not going to spoil it for you, except uh, except I'll say it worked out for him, but it easily might not have. And he kind of talks us through what was his thought process and, and just how do you handle all that. Great stuff coming up with Jimmy O. Yang on Rebel Radio right after the EDM.com track of the week. Fucking gotta work in a few hours. Fuck it though. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. I see a lot of bullshit on the daily. I just brush it off though. I don't let it face me Dust off my shoulders It got me feeling like Jay-Z I dropped out of school So only God can grade me I'm on point Like the pencil of a teacher's pet If you don't know yourself Then you ain't met a teacher yet So learn life, little nigga Look in the mirror His story is a lie But yours is a little clearer Understand where I'm coming from Uptown, but I'm underground Where the troublesome is everything but humble Every man for himself Like a Royal Rumble, all the youngins wanna bang, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Everybody tryna hang from the same tree. What you expect when they idols can't stay free in and out of jail? Like it was a nine to five down the ride is the slogan for a future homicide. I hope you got Yo, that was the EDM.com track of the week. That was June Love with D-I-T-R. I hope I'm saying that name right. It's J-V-B-N-L-O-V-E. The EDM.com track of the week. And let's get into it with Jimmy O'Yang. I always saw myself as someone that could lead. I never saw myself like I was in the league. So it was like two years ago you were here almost. More. No? Maybe. I feel like it's more. Something like that. Yeah. Glad you came back. Yeah, man. You know. That's dope. Yeah. We. I don't know what you've been doing. We blew the fuck up in that since then. Oh, yeah? yeah That's yeah. why we're in this massive studio. Exactly. With the Apple TV 4K images. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, you know, this studio is owned by a, uh, Beverly Hills, Beverly High alumni. It's so weird. Like, I just ran into a buddy of mine uh, from high school yesterday at the farmer's yeah. market. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's just in a family business. His family's rich. Right. And for some reason, I was yeah. so naive. I never thought that. Of course, everybody's rich in Beverly <laughs> High. I, I was the one that didn't have a family business to fall back into. For sure. You know? It's crazy. So, I, like, you know, I grew up, uh, I didn't grow up here, but but I became friends with a bunch of Beverly kids mm. after, like, I was in college. And, um, but there was a generation, probably like 10 years before you, of all these white kids that were just super into hip-hop at Beverly. Oh, really? My yeah, generation yeah. was Persian kids that, were, that was very into hip-hop. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, there probably was that too. I just didn't really meet him. Yeah. But it's all these Jewish kids. Right. So like Alchemist, who's like producer, you know, Mob Deep. Well, he went to Beverly High? He went to Beverly. What? Yeah. Love Alchemist. Oh, yeah? That gave me so much hope that you just said Alchemist. Is that right? Beverly High. Because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make beats and stuff. Yeah. When I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you, um, well, let's, let's get into it. But so I realized I always like to start talking about music because uh, I think it tells you what kind of person someone is. Yeah. And so I remember we talked about it last time you were here and I asked, you mentioned uh, like your dad was playing the Eagles for you. Yes. So, yeah. but what was the first, do you remember the first record that you bought for yourself? Um, I, ooh, it's, it's definitely a hip hop record because I didn't buy no records until I came here. And I want to say I went to downtown Santiali uh-huh. and bought some bootleg records. <laughs> I bought uh, the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack okay. with the Shake Your Tell Feather track on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, There's one song called, I, I swear to God, it's just called Gangster Shit with uh, Snoop Dogg and Loon. That's right. And Diddy. Yeah. Awesome song. Yeah. And then my buddy's Persian mom went with us and then she would always say a hey, gangster shit you know and that became like like a really funny thing within the family that's um, hilarious and then i bought i think i bought like r kelly's chocolate factory uh-huh. i was like 16 or 15 in santiali <laughs> and then right. and then i, I asked you the lady, I'm slow like, jams. yeah i'm like i asked the lady i'm like do you have chocolate factory by r kelly and she's like man what you trying to do make some love <laughs> It was it was really fun like to buy those bootleg DVDs back in the day. I I supported the local merchants by buying their bootleg DVDs, and I didn't really download too much from um, LimeWire I think right. and Napster back in the day. It yeah. was just a hassle. I love those bootleg stuff. Yeah. Um. And then um. Trying to think. Uh. The the first Kanye album, mm-hmm. I burnt it off a friend. Mm-hmm. That that was a really good album. I'm trying to think like what's like the first legitimate record that I purchased. <laughs> That's got to be like until college, maybe, right? when I had some money. Yeah. I remember I did buy um, 3-6 Mafia. Okay. The most known unknown. Uh-huh. It was a two-sided CD. Yeah. I think one side was a DVD. I'm not really sure. Oh, wow. Um, but it was really cool. I, I love them. And I think that was the first one I actually bought legitimately at like a Target or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. So, and then... Um, Man, dude, the book is amazing. Oh, thanks, man. I loved it. I listened to the audio and, like, hearing you read it. So, so much fun. And uh, there's, like, so many stories I could. That I, I don't know. I was just, I laughed my ass off. But um, but you were talking about having a rap group. Yes. And, and you're the producer. Oh, yeah. The I, Yellow Yellow Panthers. The Yellow Panthers. It's me, my black friend Julian, and my other friend Yuji, who's half black and half Asian. Yeah. So, one and a half Asian guys. One and a half black guys. Yeah. Hence the Yellow Panthers. Nice. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, um, I don't know. You you know, you talk a lot about representation, mm-hmm. and I think that's a very important, uh, it's, it's an important conversation that, like, that we're having in right. society right now. Yeah. Look, I wish I don't have to talk about it. Of course. But I have to. Of Especially course. being, like, one out of five Asian person on TV. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, uh... But back then, like, you weren't, you didn't see some other Asians in hip-hop and think, oh, I could do this. No, not at all. I saw Jin, uh-huh. but he was, he had um, 
that one record, uh, Learn Chinese, but it never like really hit, right? So yeah, there wasn't like the Far East movement didn't come until later, right? And yeah, producer-wise, I didn't even think I remember like a producer that was Asian or Chinese necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was just like obviously my dad didn't get what I was doing, right? But even for me, I didn't believe that I could do it. Sure. Um, it got to a point where I was in college. I was using SoundClick. Uh -huh. You remember that SoundClick? Yeah, yeah, That's where Soldier Boy blew up. And um, I sold a couple like of my beats on there. Uh, one of them to a porn site called FudgeStick.com, as you nice. read in the book. Uh, now, now defunct FudgeStick.com. So I'd imagine they didn't they didn't make it. I know, right? I don't know. Maybe you got married and quit. With that name. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. I sold a, some beats. So I, like, technically, I was a professional producer. Yeah, I was selling for like two, three hundred bucks. Uh -huh. But I was getting some traction. I went on this site called rockbattle.com. Okay. It started by Rottweiler. And uh, um, uh, uh, it's, it's like producers battling beats. And then you oh, sell really? beats. And then, you yeah, know, that's cool. Young Fire came from there. He's an awesome producer and a bunch okay. of other guys. So no. I really had a lot of. That's, I found a community there. Yeah. Um, it's a very specific, like, not just hip hop, but beat making right 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 yeah you know uh talking about gears and stuff like that right and um it was really cool but it got to a point like i got pretty good at it i feel like i couldn't gotten i i could have gotten like actually really good and professional doing that but i just couldn't sit in the studio for like eight hours a day and really come up with beats it was very isolating i would hate that yeah and back then i didn't have access to like rappers or anything like sure. that that could really rap on my track so it was just me making tracks but not really songs right so um, it got to a point where I just got kind of tired of it. But did you think, like, how much of it was, like, I just want to do this and make something Yeah. versus, like, I'm going to blow up and be, like, this it's, is going to be it, my career? It's, it's both. I think when I started it, it was because I was just looking for a creative outlet. And also, yeah. I wasn't partying. I wasn't, like, with the cool kids. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hang, like, at, with the cool kids. but. Sure. I didn't have nothing to do. Like, I was just playing PlayStation at my dad's house. Right. So I'm like, dude, it's better off if I'm making something than just kind of wasting my youth away. Yeah. You know, so that kind of made me felt a little bit of the void, like the cre creativity and just making and creating some stuff. Uh, so I think it started off just like, you know how I started stand-up? It started off in desperation mm -hmm. almost um, to fill a void. And then it became more of a profession or became more of a passion. Mm -hmm. yeah. What was the, I mean, even with stand-up, and I heard you telling Bobby Lee this, uh, I was listening to that uh -huh. on my way here, and, like, talking about how, you know, some comics, like, that's what they yearn to do. Yes. And that wasn't for you. It was like... When I got to a certain point, because I started stand-up, I wanted to make friends, I want to get laid, yeah. I want a job, I want money to, like, maybe transition to get on a TV show. Of course. And now, at this point... I, I'm, I'm okay in all those aspects, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I have really cool friends, you know, that I like. I'm getting laid, you know. Nice. Not, not a ton, but, you know, I'm getting laid. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have a job on TV. Yeah. You know, so, and then now to go back to a stand-up comedy club, it's like, why? You know, why am I doing this? I didn't find a motivation anymore. But then that actually allowed me to kind of really dig deep and find a real motivation. It's like, why do you want to do stand-up? Like, mm. Now I, I'm talking about stuff that I actually want to talk about. 
and a lot of stuff, uh, you know, excavated from the book, you know, right. my stories that I want to share. Um, and, and that's much more rewarding. And, and mm. I think my material has grown because of that. And now when I do stand up, I actually want to do it. You know. Was there a point though that you you felt like like you start getting momentum in stand up and you're like okay I'm gonna be a stand up comic was that like um, yeah I think when I started getting good at it yeah stand up how do you know I, when that happened I, well I don't think people know the stand up it's 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 pretty it's a pretty good meritocracy right yeah. I think acting it's more a lot of luck a lot sure. of nepotism people need to give you the job stand up it's very self motivating you can do it and if you get good enough. I see, like, for me, in my media circle in San Diego, I saw, okay, you can go feature on the road for, like, $100 um, if, if, if you have a good 30 minutes. Or you can uh, go do college gigs and get paid, like, maybe two grand if right. you have an hour of material. Right. So that was my goal, to build up my set mm. so I know I can make money, like, a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. Not, like, famous people yeah, money, sure. but just a little bit of money yeah. doing this and that. And it's on. a very viable career. And there's a lot of people that do colleges cruise ships corporate gigs and they make a very good living yeah. you know without being a famous comedian yeah so i saw that as kind of like oh this is actually a possible career when i actually first got my like 15 minutes i was just showcasing and stuff and you don't get paid maybe a club will throw you like 50 bucks sure. every now and then uh but that was when i saw like a road i was like oh this is maybe i won't get rich off of this mm -hmm. there's a poss like possibility but I could at least make some money mm -hmm. doing this and, mm -hmm. and survive. You know? yeah. Wait, speaking about money, obviously, like, now you've got big things happening. And, uh, I'm not rich yet, but, like, it's like... What's I'm, the biggest check? Not the amount. Oh. What's the biggest check you've gotten? Um, like a one-time thing? Yeah, yeah. I did a thing for Google. Okay. It's like a one-day shoot. Yeah. Uh, it's like playing our character in Silicon Valley, but it's for one of their promos. Oh, cool. That was a pretty big check. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, what's the stupidest thing you bought? Well, I just showed you on my phone. <laughs> uh, That's well, not that bad, though. I it's mean. Not, it's, it's, uh, well, so I bought this, I bought this Rolex. Yeah. It's a vintage Rolex, so, which holds its value. Vintage is it's better. A collectible thing. No doubt. So I bought it, like, I don't know, like a year ago when, yeah. I, when I finally felt pretty comfortable with my money. Yeah. But it's not like a gold bling Rolex. It's a right, steel right, right. Rolex. That yeah, and it's going to hold its value. It's probably going to go up in value. Yeah. And then yesterday, Same with literally yesterday, yeah. I bought this Cartier watch yeah. that has diamonds encrusted on it. But it's it's like it's not, it's not like two grand. Right. It's like a fun thing on yeah, eBay. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I can write it off if I shoot a music video with <laughs> For it. For sure. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's an investment. Right. I don't, I haven't spent a lot of stupid money. Nothing yet. stupid. Just the scooter. That's it. I bought a... <laughs> I was drunk. I was on Amazon and uh -huh. I bought a... It's it's $300 in an electric scooter. I would like to see the Amazon, like, time of day when people are buying certain oh things. God. Yeah. And, like, because I, I, I bet there's a lot of late night craziness happening. There was a couple of years where I was shooting Silicon Valley, but my character wasn't that big yet. Uh -huh. And I don't have anything else outside of Silicon Valley. So I have a little bit of money, but, like, I was just sitting at home a lot. And I was just literally buying shit from Amazon every day, like bullshit, right. you know. Yeah, and, yeah uh, for sure. Sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, like things will show my door. I don't know what uh -huh. it is, and uh, it's like a mystery present. That's not a good sign. No, no, no. I stopped doing that because now, now I actually have shit to do. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you also, I know you have an economics degree, and yeah. and you, so like, are you doing smart things with your money? Yeah, I just read uh, "Rich Dad Poor Dad." Uh huh. 
Um, Are you flipping houses now? No, man. Uh, I want to maybe get some. Rich had put out, I think, is like the exact recipe for the housing crisis. Yeah. That we, because it's like definitely about people like. Yeah. Leveraging. I'm 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 saving my money now. Okay. Because the market's so hot, I don't know if yeah. it's gonna keep going. I'm gonna maybe it will, but I'm saving my money now, and then maybe if there's another downturn, I can I can scoop up something. But it's so. I try to Crazy. buy a house in yeah. the east side here, mm -hmm. Los Feliz and stuff like that. The yeah, real up and coming neighborhood. It's too late. Everything got overbid by like four hundred grand all cash. I'm yeah. like, what? Like I'm an actor. Where are right. these other people getting their money from? Like I do what? And then I end up just getting like a really like a modest condo here. Uh -huh. um, that I, you know, it's like an apartment that I pay into. So yeah, nothing crazy yet. I'm just saving my money and uh, seeing if there's some opportunity I might buy some. You know, we'll see. Hey, just a quick promo for what's coming up on Rebel Radio. We're headed out to the south of France to the Can Lions Festival of Creativity, the most important global gathering of the advertising and marketing industries. We'll be out there podcasting live, catching up with some of the folks speaking on the entertainment track, and, and maybe who knows who else we'll run into out there. I'm not going to give away any names just yet, but stay tuned in the coming weeks for some episodes recorded live at the Can Lions Festival of Creativity. So, um, like, so, you know, in the book, you talk about the struggles coming up. Yeah. And, you know, eating ramen and just kind of just barely making it right. by. Right. And so, and now, okay, maybe you're not rich, but, but yeah, you're on a great TV show. You got... I'm content. Movie yeah. after movie coming out. Um, we just watched Patriots Day. This oh, great. Awesome. Have you been to the marathon? No, I wanted to go last year to volunteer, but yeah. I had to go shoot a movie. Yeah. Um, and this year, I literally, I just came back from Boston. I was doing a show there. Uh, so maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. I won't, I won't run in it. I'll just no, of pass course. out some water. Don't be ridiculous. Something. Yeah. I ran one. It was the, the worst experience. I mean, it was great, mm -hmm. like, but it was horrible. I haven't worked out in like two years. So. Nice. Yeah, I, I need to work out. Like, my back skin sore for no reason. Oh, really? I wake up yawning. You know, like it's just <laughs> even for my personal health, I'm working. Out. I don't, I don't, I don't need to get buff. Yeah, yeah. But I, no, I you got to You better. need a, you need a trainer. You have a, you're on a show. You need, you're supposed to have a trainer. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Equinox now. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, but you got uh, Life of the Party coming out, and then Crazy Rich Asians. That's gonna be great. Yeah, that's looks hope, dope. hoping that's gonna be out Black Panther. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man, that's the first studio movie with a full Asian cast in 25 years Amazing. since Joy Luck Club. Wow. You know, um, so I, it's a big deal for us. I saw a screening for that. It's <coughs> really, really good. Nice. It's everything. I mean, you see a whole spectrum of Asian people: funny Asians, mm -hmm. really good-looking Asians, romantic. And uh, it's just like passing out the baton. One scene is very romantic. One scene is very ridiculous and funny. One scene is very extravagant, you know. And it's 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 a great fun sh fun movie. That's cool. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is like, you know, you go, like Silicon Valley was the the catalyst. Of course, yeah, right? definitely. But is there something you did? Because a lot of people. Um, Sometimes you see actors like they'll they'll be on a hit show, and then you never see them sure. elsewhere. Yeah, right? I, that's my worst fear. By yeah. the way, I always think about I'm like, oh shit, 
if like Silicon Valley gets canceled or if I get yeah, arrested or something, yeah. like is my career just done? Like, am I? Do I have enough money or right. like, is there enough residual yeah, to sustain myself? Like, I always think about that. You know, that that makes sense. Yeah. So, is there something you did? Like, so you get on this show, that's great. But is there something that you've done to then build all this other momentum? I think that fear makes me try to do as much as I can while yeah. the while, while the sun is shining. Uh, while we're making hay, what's the saying? I don't know that. I let, mean, let the sun, let the make hay while the sun shines, or something, like, okay. something like that, right? So I think that it's that fear. A, it's that's like, a pastoral. Uh, <laughs> I think I got reference. it from Adam Carolla. Always okay. says it. He's getting old now. Um, so he's definitely uh, that type of dude that has like those dad, grandpa sayings. Yes. Yeah. yeah Another hustle saying, you know. <laughs> um, so I think I'm just trying really hard to use that momentum to build whatever, and I think Patriots Day was really big for me in a way that I established myself. Well, it's not comedy. As, yeah, a dramatic yeah. actor. And unfortunately, not a lot of people saw it. I wish more people would have seen it. But the material Did that is, movie not do well? Not really. It's a hard subject for people to watch. Everybody in Boston watch it. Right, of course. Nobody else want to go watch like a, you know, terrorist thing yeah, that yeah, just yeah. happened yeah. when this country Especially is, when there's know, new ones happening. Going crazy, right? doing, yeah. you know, and so it's tough. It's a really, really good movie. Yeah, I think. it's great. Um, great. But, you know, the materials out there, so we can always send it out to casting directors or studios yeah. that it's like, yo, look, he can actually act, mm -hmm. you know, and then I think with this book, How to American, um, that just came out, uh, I'm, I'm starting to establish myself as a legitimate writer, you know, so I think things like that. It's like the beginning phases of what I want to do more. Yeah, that, I was going to ask why, why put out a book. I um, you obviously have enough to keep you busy now. I yeah, but you know, it's well. First of all, it's that fear. I, I want to do it when I can. Yeah. And also, I really just want to share the story. There's not a lot of immigrant stories out there, especially all the stuff surrounding the news. Mm -hmm. It's a very politicized issue. Mm -hmm. And I just want to put like a human face on it, you know, and in a fun way. Yeah. And hopefully I can turn this into like a TV show or something in the future. And it's just something I really want to write. And it's all the stories that I already know that I want to put out there yeah. in an honest way, you know, yeah. it's just my story. And um, it's a little more honest approach than stand up comedy because stand up, it's a little more uh, structured, set up okay. punchline. You got to get a few punchlines every second. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but this is just able to write. It was a very therapeutic process for me. And the response has been great. And uh, yeah. like I literally had this kid send me a DM on Instagram. He's like, hey, man, I'm 15. I just moved from China last year. And this is the first book in English that I read with nobody's help. Nice. You know, and it was like really nice. And then yeah. other people was like, yo, my dad's exactly this way. Right, or like yeah, even right. like you, who's not Asian reading, is like, yo, it's funny. You know, sure. I get to know you more. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. I just want to put myself out there in an honest way. So people would know me more than just a character on Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's all about just, you know, I think in our industry, it's just all about creating IPs, you know, intellectual properties. Sure. That's our, um, that's our savings account. Yo, this stuff is great. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, we had Jimmy on about two years ago, right? Almost at the beginning of the show. Uh, he had some great stories back then, telling us how he how he learned English by watching BET and um, just a lot of a lot of stories from early in his career. If you want to go back in the Rebel Radio archives, you can find that on iTunes, on SoundCloud, at Rebel Radio Net, and of course, let's finish this one up with Jimmy O Yang.
I was talking to, I was talking to uh, um, a, a pretty famous older comedian friend of mine. Um, he doesn't believe in investing his money with a business manager and stuff like that. Okay. He was like, we're creatives. Mm. Like, I already make money. Like, let, like, you know, my accountant's telling me, let my money make money. Right. Which I agree with, personally. But he's like, no, I don't agree with that because how I make money is creating stuff. Right. So as long as I keep creating, don't fuck with my money. Sure. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's a actually very interesting thought I never thought about. It like, is. We're like alchemists in a way. We're just creating <laughs> whatever we create. Hopefully people buy it. Right. You know? Yeah, it is. It's also incredibly stupid because, like. <laughs> <coughs> you can do both. Yeah, you could do both. You can do both. I mean, that's like just saying, oh, I have a job. I'm going to go to work every day. Yeah. So I, I could just spend everything I make. Yeah. Well, one day maybe that job goes away. Maybe you're. Maybe you can't work anymore or you don't want to work anymore. Yeah. Like there's a whole bunch of money gives you options. For sure. Right. Yeah. And so if, if you have to then create something in order to eat, mm-hmm. you have fewer options. Yeah. But I mean, I, what I took away from no that. No disrespect to your friend. No, no, no. no stupid n- things. None at all. And I don't agree with that financial sentiment. Right. But what I took away from that was like, wow, as artists, we can literally churn out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're literally printing money with our mind. For sure. And that's what's great about it. We just got to keep creating, man. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of... Because sometimes when, when I do get into the money loop, um, I'm talking to my accountant too much, which mm-hmm. to invest in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm worried about the money that I have right. instead of worrying about making more, you know? Yeah. I so, I mean, you, you got to do both. Yeah. You know, that's, right. that's a smart way to do it. But, yeah. uh, you know, that was an interesting point of view. Totally. Yeah. What... um. What about, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stories not in the book. Like, are there lines that you won't cross? I mean, you're pretty, mm. like, you're pretty open. Yeah. I don't get, like, uh, that you're trying to, like, shock anybody right. in that way. But there, there doesn't seem to be a lot you won't talk about. No, I mean, even with the family stuff, it's very honest. Yeah. My dad read it. He was, he was like, this is very well written. Yeah. But... But <laughs> why why did you say your grandpa house had a grandpa smell? Why did you say that oh, I had credit card debts? That yeah. was the stuff that he was worried about. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't know you were going to be mad about that. Speaking I thought you were going to be mad family, about something else. Publicly. Yeah. Right. And uh, but you know that that's why in a way a lot of Asian stories don't get shared yeah. because we have a very close sure. you know thing. It's like we don't talk about family. You know, we don't talk about what happens in the house. Yeah. But I think. This, we need this, you know, because like growing up, I thought my family's the only one that's fucking nuts. Right. But no, everybody's family's kind of like that. Every Asian family shares similar, you know, things. Yeah. Every immigrant family shares similar things, or just every family in general share these things, right? Um, so I don't know if there's certain lines. I didn't talk about my brother too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a little more sensitive in in the way that he doesn't really take a joke very well. Okay. Um, so I just mentioned him a little bit, and I don't think that's part of the narrative to really he leads his own life you mm-hmm. know right um what else like uh a lot of people ask me like tj miller stuff yeah. i wrote about it in the book yeah i have a whole chapter that's called how to silicon valley right but i have nothing but good experience on that show like i'm sure my publicists hope that i have some dirt to dish out but nah man like everything was great my sources at periscope tell me the tech is quite impressive and your app uses the same machine learning to recognize if a food is a hot dog? And a not hot dog. It's a very important. It's a hot dog, not hot dog. It's technology. 
Excited to see it in the App Store. I'm told it's releasing today. For free? Because uh, I'm rich. Like me and TJ had a great chemistry. Yeah. And honestly, if it wasn't for him, I don't know what my character would have been. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I don't think there's lines that I wouldn't cross um, at all. It's very, very honest. Uh, my dad was like, why did you write it so honestly? Usually people lie when they write a right. book. Yeah, sure. I'm like, that's the only way yeah, I know how to write. That's what you'd expect. You know? Yeah. So, that's yeah. Funny. yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, you talk about the cultural differences. Like, you, you had this great article in the, LA, in the New York Times. Yeah. About, like, things, I forget what it was called, but it was basically things I don't understand about American, American culture. Yeah, intimacies in American culture. Intimacy, yeah. right? And, um, and I was reading it. And I could, I could definitely relate to some of it. Uh, the whole, like the I love you thing, like we had, my wife met some, some girl and we had her and her husband over for dinner. Uh-huh. And then like, the, I saw this dude again and he's like, I love you, bro. I was like, dude, I've met you once. I met you, yeah. I don't, I barely even remember your name. But we say that. And it's it waters weird. it down. It's totally waters it down. Um, but uh oh but then i started thinking about like what's happening with like me too mm -hmm. and um is that just an american thing or like like is there room for that type of conversation mm, interesting in, in chinese culture specifically well i think <clears throat> the dating culture from what i know i moved here when i was 13 yeah, so yeah i was yeah. very young and i never really dated in china sure but i think it's it's more conservative like right. even if you go to clubs here it's not it's hard maybe you can it's hard to pick up an asian girl and just go home with her usually mm. they roll in packs you got to be in a friend group stuff like right. that right right so i feel like it's a little safer environment and it's less of a hookup culture i might mm. be wrong because i haven't been back there in a long time right but culturally over there you're saying yeah over there yeah, yeah, yeah. but culturally speaking it's less of a hookup culture yeah. so it's um i want to say that less of that stuff happens that mm -hmm. crossing in line stuff mm -hmm. um whereas um, uh, uh, america western culture is a little more uh open sure so maybe that leads wait i mean all of that is wrong obviously sure but and i'm sure maybe it happens to a certain degree in asia um but i want to say it's less prevalent maybe that's just my naivete because growing up in hong kong i didn't think anybody was really getting laid until marriage right that could be true that could yeah. be totally wrong yeah, yeah you know i haven't been back there so yeah hard for me to speak on that yeah now because i don't know the culture as well as i did when right. I was 13. Yeah, of course. You know? Of course. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? So, Jin Yang's character is like a, a much bigger deal this season. Right. Um, which is good for you. Yeah. Um, what? Was there something you did to kind of like prepare for that? I just prefer for the same way. Uh, a lot of it is written on, written on the script, sure. and um, you just got to execute it as an actor, right? Like, and I know this character very well. Right. I, I talk about in the book how I prepare for the character and stuff like that, but now I know him. Uh, there's certain conversations we had, like I there's one scene, so like I kicked him out of the house and I called Richard ugly and I called somebody else something, and I talked to Mike. I'm like, there's a reason for me being an asshole to early because he was so mean to everyone. Yeah, but. I, I don't want people to not like Jing Yang. Right. 
because he's just being an asshole for no reason to some of these people. So I think he has taken on a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we try to, you know, play around with that, like, and walk a fine line. So in a way, he's less lovable of a character and more of a villain. He's, like, straight-out villain this year, right? Kind of, yeah. And, um, but I'm okay with that, you know? Uh, and, and I think as the season unfolds, you see a whole arc there. Like, one of my favorite and least favorite characters was uh, Sharon Stone on Casino. Do you really? remember that? Yeah, yeah. She's just I'm, so, I remember really. like, I just hate her so much. I just want to, <laughs> like, just, oh, my God, like, punch my TV. Like, I can't stand it, right? Yeah. So conniving, so, like, manipulative of a character. But, yeah, like, she's actually an amazing actress. Right. I think oh, yeah, she got yeah, nominated yeah. She played for that. it amazing. You know, so it's but like. I, but I think, like, what you're saying, I kind of relate to that, but I think it's in relation to that you, you kind of love De Niro's character. Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to see him get right. fucked like, over. Right, like she's fucking him over. Right. Do you know what I mean? That's right. Which, you know, Silicon Valley I think is interesting because, um, you know, uh, Richard's character, like he's the lead. Yeah. And he's not very likable. In a way, kind of nobody, like we all have our own quirks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, like... It definitely, each character is sort of complicated, but, but I yeah. feel like, I also feel like it's an HBO thing, although I could be wrong about that, mm. where, like, the lead character is, in some ways, the least interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, never thought about that. Like, I felt that way about Sex and the City. Okay. Uh, I felt there's a couple other shows that now I'm going to forget, but I think, but there is a thing with that, even Seinfeld, which is, not HBO, obviously. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, like... Less, less character Like, they have to play the straight man, in a way. In a way. Yeah, because <clears throat> I always thought Jing was so fun to play, especially in the previous seasons, because I just literally have to come on the bench and hit a three. Like, yeah. like I come in, and I'm the comic relief in this comedy. Sure. Whereas there wasn't a lot of plot. Whereas Richard, uh, Thomas's character, he's a great actor... And he has to carry a lot of plot. So yeah. not everything he says is going to be funny, right? Right, right, right. So it's a lot of, um, you know, heavy lifting. And th- th- this season, you see more of that from Jing Yang. Like, he has to do some plot stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. How, did, from, how do you think the dynamic of the show changes without TJ? Um, for me, like, the days I go to work, usually I, like, I still really look forward to going to work, for mm-hmm. sure. But it just, I knew with me and TJ... We have a trust in each other. Like if right. I throw something out that's you know really out there, he throws something out really out there. We can we can you know hit it back to each other. What about on screen? Like, what do you think the? Do you watch the show when it comes out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like um, so, how does that? How do you feel? How does it feel different to you? I think it, it forced the writers. I think so one mm-hmm. of the writers said this. Maybe Mike or something. Uh, it forced the writers to be a little more creative. Uh, without the TJ character, instead of falling into the same trope and the same, you know, arc over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, it forces my character to kind of be more of a pain in the ass to everyone, sure. you know, and be a, be a villain. And it forces the boys to uh, have other um, challenges right. beside, you know, TJ. Sure. And it kind of allows us to get out of the incubator. Right. right? Um, so I think it, it breathes some fresh air, but to me, he, he's, he's missed. You know, yeah. One of my favorite moments in the show is when when Jin Yang shows up with that Corvette. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. That was last I, season. It was so yeah, good. yeah, yeah. But I just felt like that told me so much about the character that I didn't right. get before that. He's, and that's so earned because yeah. TJ was being such an asshole to him. Yeah. Or Ehrlich was being such an asshole to him. So, like, when, when, when Jing Yang fucks him over and kind of like a light, Mm-hmm. lighthearted way yeah it's like you root for him yeah you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah, totally. ah good this is well deserved but that's like you talk about him being a villain and like that's one of those that's a balancing moment that's a balancing moment this year uh the balance has shifted a little bit right to him being like actually like a bad guy right because like even though like tj like he's an asshole in the show like mm-hmm. Ehrlich is an mm-hmm. asshole you want to see him get fucked over yeah. whereas richard and pipe Piper, you kind of want to see him succeed but right. jing yang is just a fucking pain in the ass which is i mean i i enjoy playing it you yeah. know i enjoy the season very much like it's a whole new dimension i think you're adding to it and uh yeah you know i i think uh it, it's it's someone maybe you're starting to instead of just love you're starting to love to hate him yeah yeah, yeah. Do you have other, like, other types of roles that you have in mind for yourself? Uh, that, like, you want to play a villain or you want to play a... I'm, I'm very, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, I think there's something very interesting in playing a villain or, for me, somebody who looks like me, mm. like, kind of, like, innocent, small-looking person playing, like, the asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, in Crazy Rich Asians, uh, I play this character called Bernard Tai, and for anyone that's read the book, um, he's, like, he's a fat asshole like he's literally an obese asshole yeah. that throws these guys like the craziest bachelor uh, like bachelor party so i had a lot of fun playing that character because it's like an alter ego i kind of always wanted to be but mm-hmm. i'm not just mm-hmm. because that's not like generally who i am but there's part of me that you didn't really like bulk up for the role well i mean i have a gain, gut now gain 50 pounds i have a gut so okay. you know that kind of being impressive. skinny funny is kind of funny you know um i didn't i didn't do that intent well for purpose of, of press, I, I would say I did it on purpose, yeah. you know. Uh, but no, I just I think I just have a beer belly now. <clears throat> but it's really fun to play those parts that's kind of, in a way, anti-type. Uh-huh. You know, even Jing Yang in a way, even though he's like a, he is a programmer. Mm-hmm. He's, he's pretty anti-type. He's this yeah. small Asian asshole. Like, you just don't really see that, you know right. what I mean? Like, a lot of people... Expression in the beginning of this uh, series was like, oh, Jing Yang might be a little stereotypical. Where's uh-huh. he going to go? And because he was kind of like a docile, like, you know, character. But then when they start seeing Jing Yang really stepping up and screwing over, like, uh, Ehrlich and stuff, it was it was like, oh, man, this is now we're ruined for him. Like, this is yeah, cool yeah. because yeah. we've never really seen this. Totally. Uh, it's playing against type in a way, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's a very, he looks in a very type of this certain way, but his actions are kind of like the opposite. So I saw that, that there was some backlash hmm. against you or against the character yeah. for being like too stereotypical. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that, that I just read about it. I think. It was- yeah. I think, you know, um, it's, it's, well, like, like, have you seen the Apu thing? No. Like, like they're giving, like they're saying Apu is a one dimensional uh, right. character that's been around and, and shaped how Americans see, you know, the Indian uh, uh, Americans. Sure. And um, it's an interesting thing because in the documentary himself, the comedian's very pissed off about that. He's like, this is why he got bullied, like yeah. in school and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and really the problem boils down to not just that character itself, but the representation. 
Sure. There's not enough, especially mm -hmm. back in the day, mm -hmm. Indian actors. And Apu was the most famous one. Mm -hmm. And now more and more, there's enough getting, not enough still, right. but getting more and more representation. Yeah, sure. So there's room to be a quirky, nerdy Asian, to be an asshole Asian. There's a room to be a very good-looking Asian. Mm -hmm. Like, <clears throat> I'm not 6'2 and a model. Well, so, so I can't be an actor because I'm Asian mm -hmm. and I'm representing you poorly. That's fucking insane, right? Right. And also, I see it in a different point of view because I was an immigrant. I came here when I was 13. Right. So Jing Yang is just playing myself 15 years ago. So I feel very close to that, right? And the generation that's after me, the American-born Chinese, mm -hmm. or I have my friends, my peers that are American-born Chinese, they have a different perspective. Of course. Because it's unfair to them that they might be treated as a foreign kid when they're an American kid, mm -hmm. right? When they're everything is American from. For me, I don't feel that way. I'm very Chinese still. Right. So there's a, not a disconnect, but a different point of view there. My, my goal is to play an immigrant character with dimension and maybe like this, like an asshole, like anti-type immigrant character mm -hmm. that's not just a docile immigrant. Right. And making immigrants look kind of good in a way. You know, yeah. instead of avoiding playing immigrant characters because right. I don't want to get looped into it because that would be fucking hypocritical. Totally. Right. Because yeah. I'm an immigrant. And, and <clears throat> some of the some of the backlash was from the early on in the season when the mm -hmm. character wasn't developed yet. Uh, and I get that. But how much of that do you like? How much of that do you pay attention to? Because I always feel mm -hmm. like there's this uh, in in any especially like minority groups. Yeah. Right. There's always that, like, the establishment. Sure. That's like, I remember, you know, when I, you know, I started my career working in, in hip-hop. And, um, and like, there was this, the sort of black establishment, like, they hated rap music. Because uh, they uh, felt like uh, it was making them look bad, yeah. right? But they yeah. were all about the safe R&B, yeah. you know, smooth jazz type of thing, right? Yeah. And so, and it. That didn't really, they didn't necessarily look at me because I wasn't black. Right. Right. But, but I, you know, I knew from my friends that there was this tension going on between right. kind of the establishment and this more progressive thing that was happening. I think that's true in every, in every group, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and I get it, right? I might not agree with some of those point of views. Yeah, but how much of that and do you even pay attention to? Or I you... think it used to bother me a lot. Yeah. Like, I used to get mad. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm just, right. like, acting. And, like, I, I would think I'm doing a pretty good job of this. Like, and it hurts that your own community is the one that's really talking shit, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying everyone. This yeah, is yeah, a minority of, of people. Um, but it, 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 used to, it used to bother me. But then I, I kind of I had to dig a little bit. I'm like, okay, where do I actually stand mm. on this issue? And then when I figured it out, like, when, what I just told you and what I said in the book, like... I think it's a lot of it is the American-born Asians. Mm -hmm. They feel slighted sure. because I'm playing an immigrant character. But now I know where I stand. I'm an immigrant. I'm very proud of that. And yeah. to this day, I still have a little bit of an accent, right? And when I came here, I definitely had an accent. And one of the most, the biggest thing that hurt, like when I first came here, wasn't the fact that white people or black people didn't accept me. Because yeah. I expected that. Mm -hmm. I was like the foreign kid. But it's the American-born Asian people that didn't accept me. Right. Because they didn't want to be grouped in as the foreign kid. Right. And I, now I get older, I kind of get it. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you're a kid, you just want to fit in mm -hmm. and you don't want to be made fun of. 
but that hurt when I was a kid. Sure, of course. So this is kind of, in a way, the same thing. You know, they don't want to be grouped in as immigrants no more. Right. And and it's it's partly, I don't want to say ignorance because they have to appoint. You know, that's their life. Mm-hmm. But um, I, you know, uh, I respectfully would disagree with that. And um, I have my own lines that I won't cross, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when it comes to playing certain things. But uh, I think every character, even in Patriots Day, I play an immigrant. Yeah. But Danny Mang, the immigrant that I play, was a hero. Was Badass. an American hero. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What, is that, I can't play him just because he had an accent? Right. It's ridiculous. And um, <clears throat> the conversation, I think, it, it's, it's healthy to go on. But I think the most important part is representation. Getting mm-hmm. more of a spectrum of Asian actors on TV. Sure. And I think you see that in Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. You can't just say, oh, uh, me or whoever that aren't like a model looking person is representing you poorly. We're just one spectrum of this representation. And me being funny or me being, you know, an actor, hopefully will normalize us as immigrants in the first place. And then, you know, good for the, you know, good looking Asians. They have their own place of making us look good, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, when Ninja Assassin came out, I probably got laid a little more. You know, so I, I, I get it. Like, but not all of us look like that. We, right. we need to have a big spectrum of representation. I think that's the most important. And I think that's the argument with Apu and everything, too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Apu was, is played by Hank Azaria. That's, right, right, right. that's a very different thing. Sure. That, that's an, another whole different story. That's right. kind of, you know, not cool. Um, but I think mainly when it comes to these issues, it's not to key in on one of five Asian people on TV and fucking giving us shit. Right. It's how about getting more Asian people. Instead of writing about it, how about you go be an actor? Mm-hmm. How about you go represent me better than I could represent me? Of course. Or how about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously people, it's easy to armchair criticize yeah. somebody yeah. that's out there doing it. Um, are you still on t- Tinder? Every now and then, yeah, I got. I'm trying. I'm, that fucking I, story about the closet. Oh my god, man, it's oh for real, god. dude. I've many of horrible Tinder right? stories. Well, I didn't meet like a girlfriend on Tinder too, and she was wonderful. You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's a lot of crazies, yeah. And um, I think it was all the crazies happened when I was a bit naive and uh, was like, oh, I'm on a TV show now. Oh, I, I'm just gonna get laid. Right. Like, like nothing, yeah. you know. Well, first of all, I'm not even that famous, so that doesn't really work. Still, it's, it's it helps. A little, it's, it helps. It helps, but I went to an amateur boxing match uh-huh. in in Glendale, uh-huh. in a like uh, Armenian community center. Like it was not, yeah. Um, and these guys, like they, nobody got paid to get their faces bashed in, but right? they're groupies. Oh my god! The, really? The like. Just incredible hot women. Wow. And the only hot women in in the entire place. Wow. You know. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, look, look, it has helped. I'm not going to say that it hasn't. Sure. But uh, it's it's an ignorance of thinking that it would just fall in my lap and, and there's no, like I'm a little too innocent in that sense. I don't assume people have ulterior motives. Sure. And then I used to, a lot of times, say I match with somebody on Tinder. They would literally say, not hot dog, or like, uh, Jing Yang, or like whatever. And at first, I thought it was a good sign. I was like, okay, she's a fan of the show. This is cool. But then sometimes they want to just kind of hang out to kind of 
pick your brains about uh, the workings of the show. Right. How's Mike Judge? How's TJ? Yeah. Or they just want to fan and like take a picture, right? Right. And I didn't see that in the beginning. And so it led to a lot of weird, crazy <laughs> stories, you know? Uh, so did you learn to change your Well, now approach? I feel like the best ones are the ones that, the best girls that I meet, or even people in general, mm -hmm. are the ones that don't necessarily know me from Silicon Valley, mm -hmm. but it's just like a mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Like, they would have matched with me regardless. Right. But... Maybe yeah, I am slightly more attractive because I'm successful at what I do. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter that if that's a TV yeah, show, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So in a traditional sense, like mm -hmm. you know, um, so yeah, that that's a little better. And then if they discover that I do stand up, and is impressed by that, or they discover that I'm on Silicon Valley and turn out to be a fan, that's yeah. great. Yeah. But I think if you you're like super fan girl or like super fan boy in the beginning, that could get a little weird. Um, but. There are times that that has worked out very well mm -hmm. and in a respectful way. Mm -hmm. And I think now I'm getting older and have more experience with that stuff. Uh, I can tell easily, like, right. who's, like, just, like, want to pick my brains about, you know, T.J. Miller and <laughs> who wants to just take a picture and who's actually kind of genuinely a respectful fan that I can hang out with, you know. It's a fine line. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but that seems to be, like, you know, you tell the story about T.J. in a strip club yeah um that was definitely a dream job of mine that i never i think that's pursued. every american kid that grew up listening to hip-hop you want to be a dj you know it's weird like i mean i'm sure you're right you know i i'm a little older so i like when i started going and i love strip clubs i've i've uh i'm not shy about that uh-huh uh -huh. had many a good time and i've do you still go to strip clubs uh a little bit what's the see i dj'd at a strip club but yeah. i never frequented strip clubs I don't really get it. Like, well, there's no end game. Let right? me like, you go to a bar, you're trying to get laid. No, no. So, okay, I'll tell you this. So, now I'm married. I have a kid. Uh -huh. I don't go that often. Uh -huh. But once in a while, I'll go, and it's either, you know, sometimes my wife and I will go together. And just, oh, that's it's cool. It's like a fun thing. Yeah. Um, but when I was single, I, I learned that it was just like a club. I, my, I think my chances of getting laid were about the same. With a stripper? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. And so we, and, and the way I, the way I saw it is like, first of all, when you're young and not, uh, at that stage of my life, I didn't have that much self doubt, uh -huh. which I found, I found that that comes and goes over the years. Interesting. But I've generally been a relatively confident person. Uh huh. And so, and that's, that suits, that has suited me. 90% of battle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so we would often, you know, I'd, we'd go hang out and just be like the guys that like the girls would come back to when they weren't working and we would just hang out. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, you know, sometimes there was nothing like sexual going on, but it was just like, we we're just friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but that still boosts your confidence. Right. Because right? like these a high woman wanna, yeah, sitting on your lap. Come hang out with you, whatever. And then other times, you know, I found that like the money I was spending on lap dances, whatever, was basically the equivalent of buying drinks for a girl so that you could holler at her. Ah. And, uh -huh, uh -huh. and, and you know, sometimes it would happen that like I'd get her number or we'd go out yeah. after that or, or um, some crazy shit would go down in the back room. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that was like a, a, some nights we're going to the club and some nights we're going to the strip club. 
and it was right. just part of the, ah. the experience of growing up. Yeah. But I always had in my head, like, oh, what I was going to say, though, because I think of my age, the music was fucking terrible at strip clubs. It was all heavy metal, like that bullshit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls, 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 yes. and, like, you know, all that glam rock, uh, 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 hair metal. Yes. Just, which I hated. Yeah. Do you think now it's getting better? Oh, it's way better. Yeah. Like, if you go to a good strip club, it's, it's like, crazy trap. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, every time I go to Atlanta, I go to Magic City. I still haven't been. I oh need to go. Oh, my God. It's so ill. I've been to Claremont's uh-huh. in Atlanta yeah, where yeah. your grandma's dance. I haven't been to Claremont's. I've been to the Gold Club, which is all right. Uh-huh. Okay. That's the mainstream, like. Yeah. Um, it's still better because there's, like, 40 girls on stage at a time. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The strip club like, I worked um, at was horrible. It I mean, customers at all times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been to those, too. Yeah. What's the one downtown? Hofbrau. Sam's Hofbrau's. Like I love that one. So I, yeah. My family's from LA, and I used to. My grandmother used to take me there when it was a, a actual German restaurant. Oh my god, I didn't know that. We used to go for lunch and have like the prime rib or whatever. Oh. That was, uh, in the seventies, and so yeah, it wasn't always like it is now. But now it's a crazy. It's like a fucking rap video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Um, and you can just have some carne asada and a beer. Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. Like, but anyway, I always thought, like, wouldn't it be better to be there, like, getting paid to play music? You'd know all the girls. Right. Uh, like, I should have done that as a college job. You know, I think if I would have worked in another strip club, I would have gotten laid a ton. Yeah. It would have been really fun, like, if it was Magic City or Cheetahs, even, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. But this strip club was run by gangsters. Right. It like not that many girls that's like actually attractive, right? And it's just not a very healthy environment. Yeah. And I was scared, honestly, a little yeah. bit. Um, and I just want to do a good job. Like I didn't know how to not cross the line. Like that was my main concern. Sure. So it wasn't like there was like literally ten girls like in rotation. Yeah. And two customers. And uh, I also didn't realize that it wasn't real DJing. Like, I. I kind of didn't put those together, and I was like, oh, I'm not that good a DJ. Like, they're not gonna hire me. Like, that was no. that was like my fear. It's more being a salesman, right? Selling lap dances, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. on a microphone, yeah. Then because you just press a couple of songs, like, sure. you know. And uh, I always let the girls pick the songs, so uh-huh. everybody's happy and stuff like that. That's right. Um, so I think it, it depends on the girls. Like, some of them like want like the rock metal stuff. When I was in San Diego at that strip club, mostly it's hip hop and it's great. Mm-hmm. And I actually learned a lot about up the new songs. Mm-hmm. Like Jeremiah, mm-hmm. I learned about Jeremiah through the strip club because like, is that right? Yeah, because like all the girls want to dance with like that new Jeremiah album, yeah. you know that Down on Me song and all that. So a lot of new music, like I know Magic City, that's how a lot of rappers go test, uh, go test their music. Metro it's amazing. Like stuff. you go in there and hear songs that like you've never heard before, yeah. but everybody in the clubs is singing it. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. And then still, I mean, it just depends on the vibe in the neighborhood you're in. Still yeah. there's like those rocker yeah. strippers. Yeah, I think they're right. very hot, but some of them, like it's so aggressive, like aggressive rock and like techno and they got a fucking yeah. mohawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's not cool. Yeah. 
But I can be. I can't. I can't keep looking at that. Right. You know. I need yeah. a variety. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I don't know. I haven't really been to a strip club in years. You don't go. No, not really. I. I think I, that working as a strip club DJ traumatized sure. me a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm sure. You know. I'm sure. Yeah. I also and, think the vibes changed. I've, I've came. And to it changes terms. as you get older too. Right. I, I came to terms now. Like I'm 30. Yeah. Right. Like, back in the day, I used to feel bad. I'm like, it's Saturday. Why am I not at a club? I was never, like, the club dude right. or, like, the DJ. Like, even when I was strip, like, I didn't feel comfortable. I just wanted to work. Yeah. And now I'm coming to terms. I'm like, I'm, I just, you know where I'm happiest? Like, building a fucking Lego set. You know, just, like, making something. Yeah. Writing a script. Yeah. Uh, uh, drawing something. That's where I'm the happiest, right? So I've came to terms with that. Instead of trying to fit in with everybody else, that's what kind of makes me happy. What do you draw? I don't know, just bullshit. Okay. Yeah. It's just creating something that makes right, me really right, happy. And then right. thinking back, like when I was a kid, I used to have these like box race cars that you put a little engine in and I used to build them on like little Gundam like mm-hmm. toys and mm-hmm. stuff. And I used to always try to customize it and things like that. So I think that stuff like, makes me really happy. And, 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 uh, I mean, that's a way better use of your time than sitting right. in a strip club. Right. I mean, or, and, and or just, even a regular club. Like It just happens to be what I'm into. You know, Some people, the yeah. music, loud music at the clubs, like get them going. It's great for them. You know? right. Apply that. You know? And have fun with that. But I, I'm, I have less FOMO now that I've came to terms with who I really am. Right. You know? I'm yeah. still, I'm still, it's still not quite yeah, completely there. But, I get it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. I, I got it. We got to go back to business for a second. Okay. So you tell this story. I will remember the story the rest of my life in the book. Okay. About uh, you got an offer. Oh, my God, yeah. For this show. What was the show? It's a Yahoo show uh, called Sin City Saints. Right. Which, yeah. how could you not bet on Yahoo? Um, <laughs> but, uh, and you you passed it up because they wanted you to to drop Silicon Valley. Right, it's exclusivity. So right. in the off season between season one and two of Silicon Valley, which I wasn't a series regular yet. Right, 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 right. I was, just had like five lines total. Yeah. Um, I booked a part as a series regular, basically one of the main characters, on a new Yahoo series called Sin City Saints, a mm-hmm. basketball show about expansion team in Vegas. Oh, it wasn't, a, I thought it was like a Sin City, like like the movie, like the, the movie, thing like oh uh, no, no, no no oh, okay it's an expansion basketball team got it but baron davis so obviously you made the right show. choice yeah but in hindsight yeah <coughs> that being a series regular on a small yahoo show at the time would have Huge. paid 10 times more yeah maybe even more than that than being a guest star in silicon alley yeah and they had to be exclusive from each other well especially yeah. yahoo had to be exclu- they wouldn't let me do right 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 silicon alley you know right. i think and you weren't guaranteed that you would ever even be on silicon valley yeah i didn't know if i was going to be back right you know and I told my agent, I'm like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do Silicon Valley. I don't care if I'm paying nine hundred dollars an episode. So nine hundred dollars an episode. Where did the, where did that come from? Where did you find that, that <sighs> strength or that whatever? I, maybe it's you all the years of eating ramen, right? Okay. Money wasn't. I was right. pretty happy without money. Yeah. Obviously, I want, I wanted more money, but I was okay without money. Yeah. So what's another couple more years without money? You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But a show like Silicon Valley doesn't come around that often that I'm casted on. Right. There's the old story like George Clooney got 17 failed pilots before he got, was it General Hospital ER or yeah. something like that. So I get how hard it is to have a successful TV show that goes into the second season. 
And Silicon Valley was already nominated for Emmys and Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't a big mm-hmm. part on it, I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I need to be a fucking part of this. People actually pay attention to the show. Whereas in the landscape we are now, thousands of shows are out there. There's only like five shows right. that maybe people actually watch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I have to not take that immediate money and knowing that, bro, if I, I wanted to take like the immediate money, I would have been an accountant. Mm-hmm. You know, after college, I would have used my economics degree. So mm-hmm. I've came this far. Am I really just going to... No, come on, man. Like, I know better. And my agent was smart. She had the present of mine of yeah. asking HBO to... Yeah, yeah, you know, ma- ...match that offer to maybe make me a series regular, which I thought was the craziest thing in the world. Sure. But they did it. Yeah. 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 I say, I say now that I would definitely not have taken the Yahoo show. But if my agent would have called me back and been like, no, Silicon Valley's not going to make you a serious regular. They're just going to keep paying $900 an episode. Right. I don't know if Who I would have not taken the Yahoo show. Of course. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day for broke-ass Jimmy, that's a lot of fucking money, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's right. So. That, I mean, that's that's tough. And you, you, you'll never know what you would do in that situation. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's something else you said um, in the book that, you know, learning the lesson that, the excitement is the chase. Yeah. The chase is the, the chase is the excitement. Whichever. It's like once I mean I was super happy when, when I got the call to look at of Serious Regular. Right. Yeah. But when you actually the the checks coming in, you know, uh you're working now and everything seems to be going great, you're paying your rent, you're not worrying about your rent. But you realize you're like, wait a minute, I'm 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 not I'm the same amount of happy as I was before. Sure. It's just I'm slightly a little more comfortable. Yeah. But I'm not any happier. And then you start to fucking panic. You're like, wait, this right. is, I work my whole life to think, you know, being able to pay my rent, having this much money is going to make me, you know, happy. Yeah. Or for a lot of people, Ferrari, yeah, or yeah. a hot model girlfriend, or like whatever. It's going to make me happy. You, you work your whole life towards that. Yeah. And then when you get that, ho- hopefully you get to that point when you're not like 70 mm-hmm. on your deathbed. You get to that point and you realize, holy shit, I'm still the same guy. I'm not that happy. And you have a panic attack, and then you dig deep. You're like, what actually does make me happy? It's, and then you, you, you become more honest with yourself, and it's not just about the material. It's not just about, you know. So does that go away? Like, do you, or do you have to remind yourself of that from time to time? Now, look, I buy stupid shit, like, like the, the watch that I told Cartier you about. Watches. It makes me happy for about five seconds, and yeah. it's fun. Yeah. But it doesn't actually make me satisfied or actual real joy. It doesn't right. come from that. Right. That's just fun, right? Yeah. Uh, and I understand the real happiness is, you know, friends and relationships I build and being able to create what I want to create. And I'm doing that every day. Like, yeah. like just being able to go up like, 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 like to uh, uh, the balcony to, or, or to my rooftop to, to write jokes in the morning. That, that makes me happier than buying a fucking watch on eBay, mm-hmm. you know. And as you get older, like I've realized that that's, that's cool. Like yeah. that's what I want to do, yeah. you know. Do you ever have, like, I know growing up, you know, without money, you know, I, I grew up poor and then, you know, I'm not rich, but I can buy some of the things that I want. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, you bought the Cartier watch, but, like, do you, ever, do you ever buy stuff that, like, when you think about it, you don't really want it, but you wanted it back then? You're buying it yes. for, like, 10-year-old Jordans. Jimmy? Yeah. I don't, I don't even think Jordans look that nice on me anymore. Like, it looks kind of ridiculous with whatever right. outfit I'm wearing. Yeah. Can't be wearing a fucking dress shirt and Jordans. I guess you could. Now you can. But it's because it's like a... Yeah. 
not fuck you, but it's like, I got you, kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, to yeah. your 10-year-old self. Same here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gerard Carmichael has a great bit on his HBO special about Jordans. He was like, every pair of Jordans got a good story. Like, he just want to go up to everybody that has a Jordan. It's like, what happened to you? <laughs> you know, it's such a good bit. It's such That's a good so bit. That's so true. Yeah. It's nah, a, I do the same thing. Yeah, man. You know? Like, I remember having one pair of shoes, and if they got fucked up, like... That was it. That was it, right? And yeah. so now, like, whenever, I, so now I buy sneakers whenever I want. Oh, and and you know? a lot of times it's like a fuck you to your parents that never certain let you do certain things, or they didn't have the money. It's not yeah. a fuck you, but it's just like right. I feel I want to feel liberated from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like my mom, she's very Chinese. Right. She wouldn't even let me buy a T-shirt at full price, right? So now, like, or, right. or throw away anything. Yeah, yeah. So now, like, when my shirt like just gets a little, like, my uh, white shirt gets a little dark, I just fucking throw them in the trash. Just because that's something my mom never let me do. Right. And I just donated like two bags of clothes to Goodwill. Yeah. And my mom was like, no, why you donate? Let, 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 me, let me look through it. Maybe I can wear it. I'm like, no, right. I'm throwing it away, mom. If you want it, come get it. She wants this computer table that in my house, I just moved. Uh -huh. And she was like, no, no, keep it, keep it. Like, it's a good table. I'm like, <laughs> mom, I'm throwing away. If you want to come pick it up, two days, I'll give you two days. I'm, I'm throwing away. It's great. I felt so good throwing that table away. I'm sure. You know? Yeah. No, nah, it's good. We gotta we gotta go through that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's liberating. Incredible. It's like I'm an independent man now. That's right. Without you know my mother's yeah, yeah. thoughts. Yeah. You know. That's amazing. Okay, I gotta get to a lightning round. All right. Um, some very important questions here. We must know the answers to. Okay, let's do it. Okay, tell me one decision that changed your life forever. Oh. I think quitting the internship after my economics degree at Smith Barney, very mm -hmm. sought after finance firm to pursue whatever I ended up pursuing, you know, stand up and all that stuff. Complete this sentence. I don't have talent. I have blank. Well, first of all, I do kind of have a talent, I think, you know, I think when you get older, you get, when you're growing up, you, you don't. You're fucking on my question. I know it's a lightning round, but I can't sell myself short here. You know what I mean? No, this is Henry Rollins. Yeah. There's like a, a, a Netflix thing. Oh, okay. And he said what he was saying. How about we add an if? No. Well, so what he said if is. If I didn't have talent. No, no, no. I'm, I'm kind of kidding. What he was I'm saying is that his talent wasn't the thing that was most responsible for his success. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, I think, uh, I want to say grit, but that's like so, so cliche now. But it's um, belief. Mm. I think believing this is possible. Yeah that you keep doing it, that's what drives everything else. Yeah. Like uh, your grit and, and your perseverance and everything. Because you didn't have that belief, you wouldn't have that perseverance. Inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> so if I worked for you, if I was on your okay. management, your publicist, your whatever, errand boy. Yeah. Do you have, um, a, do you have a personal assistant right now? Uh, she quit after three days. <laughs> this is a true fucking story. It's not my fault, okay? She, of course she, not. She just didn't want the job. No, so. it's her. It's not you. <laughs> I was just, after this, I'll show you an email, like, or like what she said to me. It's so fucking funny. She basically, she literally in the email, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, paraphrasing. She said she don't want to be nobody's support system no more. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, it's not my, that email's intended for your dad. Maybe, maybe don't take a job as an assistant then. <laughs> what, what would you hear me say repeatedly um, is, uh... Uh, oh man, I'm trying to think, like, 
<laughs> like notes you just get a ton, ton of notes from me like like i'm working this girl who's editing some video for me yeah and it's i i make other people crazy a little bit sometimes because i'm i'm kind of a perfectionist mm -hmm. and i know kind of what i want mm -hmm. sometimes it gets lost in translations and i keep having to give her notes she's very great right but yeah i think what i would keep saying is i'm sorry to be a pain in the ass but right that's good this is what i need yeah I mean, at least you're conscious of it. <laughs> I guess, yeah. And right. hopefully over time, right? Like, she'll yeah, learn. Yeah, over time, I, especially, I'll, I'll just learn to let go a little more, too. And over time for her. Well, yeah. she'll learn, too, right? She'll, she'll learn what I what I need, yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, that's good. I, I feel like some people, either, people will go one way or the other. Either they don't realize what a pain in the ass they are, or they feel entitled to that. Right. Right, which we see a lot of in Hollywood. Yeah. Or we, like, we don't want to be a pain in the ass, so we let shit go. But then she never learns. Right, true. Right, and then yeah. one day you go, oh, she, you know, I got to get somebody better. Right, and then it, it looks like it's her fault. Yeah. But really, you just never taught her yeah. properly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, my God. If, I mean, Jesus Christ, like Tom Hanks or something. Mm. That would be amazing. You know, and, that, nice. and that's really the best moment we have as artists is when somebody come up to you that you're a fan of. Sure. And they're a fan of your work. Yeah. You know, that's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's your favorite city to travel to? Love Boston. Uh, let's just talk about within, the, um, like, within America. It's up to you. I, I mean, there's so, so many other great places around the world. But Boston, I think, is my favorite city in America. I spent a month there when I was shooting Patriot's Day. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, when it's not cold. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can walk around a lot of history, a lot of architecture, yeah. great food. Totally. Really passionate, great people, but it's not as intense as New York. Right. There's still a lot of nice scenery. Uh, yeah, love Boston. Yeah. That's cool. What, other than your own, what's the last great book you read? <laughs> um, I want to say Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. That would be cliche, and that would just you know be a promotional plug, but that is a great book. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Oh, The Power of Now. I thought uh -huh. that was a great book. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And that really, you know, I've learned to, you know, meditate, to just kind of see things for Are you still is. meditating? I'm getting back to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I bought, like, one of those Himalayan singing bowls. Uh-huh. Very, very cool. Very cool. My neighbors start, probably think I'm crazy, but <laughs> I just bang it really loud every morning. Are you chanting and shit? No, no, no I'm not no. chanting, but, you know, I'm, I hum every uh -huh. now and then. It's great. It's a great process. That's being grateful, being, like, you know, just taking a moment to take in what you've just done. Yeah. That, that's all we have. If you're not grateful, it doesn't matter how fucking much money you make. And you still write, like you talked in the book about writing down goals every yeah. every so often. I still do. Uh, actually, this afternoon I got a meeting with my management team. And uh, we reworked like a goal list. So now, some, sometimes it's some personal goals that I keep in a box. Yeah. Sometimes it's goals that I need to be very clear with with my team, you know. Yeah. So I think that's extremely important. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. What movie have you seen the most in your life? Oh, good question. Um, Goodfellas, Forrest Gump, those two. I mean, it, it's th those two are the those anthology movies that yeah. it doesn't matter which part of the movie you jump into on like just right. even cable syndication. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep watching the rest. Yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. You know, totally. Yeah, those are great movies. Who's your favorite DJ? I, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know any DJ, really. I, I mean, uh, DJ Khaled? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm not hip That's anymore. fine. 
That's all right. Yeah. Uh, this DJ be Warren G. What's the I last? Mean, does that count? What's the last show you went to? Like a concert? Yeah. Damn, I don't ever go to concerts. Never. I'm so. I need to. Music I really festival. Need to. Not Coachella. Coachella seems so daunting. I have so much. I do have FOMO from seeing my friends like Instagram. It's like all my good-looking friends at Coachella, half naked. Yeah. Man, men or women. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I need to be there. Yeah. But then I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. Like it's. You gotta go next year because you'll be more famous. Yeah, I with guess. movies and and all that. But it seems and so like, daunting. I just like to then it's sit. Like a, I go yeah, to. No, I, you can sit. You can sit. Yeah. When you're famous, they give you chairs. Okay. I need. Yeah. I need. I need a rickshaw guy. <laughs> To like take me around to Coachella. No, you gotta have your management get you the uh, guest pass. Okay. So then you can go back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. then there's bikes. I'll do that. There's a, there's a uh, not bikes. There's um, uh, golf carts. Yeah. Okay. They take you around. I sell myself short sometimes because um, I'm a little lazy. You know, I don't like to go to concerts where I have to stand. I did no, go to the Yeezy Kanye concert where we left okay. halfway. Yeah, that's good. That was very. Cool. I I always need a buddy to to force me. That's to go good. To then you don't get tired standing. Yeah, exactly. It's over. Faster. Yeah, well, I was sitting too. It was oh, in the yeah. forum. I didn't get the floor seats. Um, no, nah, I think going to Coachella. I mean, I'm not famous, but I, but I get to go to Coachella like I'm famous because I know those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's one of the perks of being famous that you should like take it. That would be of. cool. That would be yeah. cool. I should look into that. I only go to clubs. I want. I kind of. I live in West Hollywood now. I yeah. kind of. I never went through that club phase. I want to just go five times, and tell myself I hate it, and then stop going. You see what I'm saying? How much do you like old school music? It's not so much the music, right? No, no, I, 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 I love old I school music. I, I love know. old school music. Like, I love, you know, like Warren G. Like, I'm going to take you to a club. Okay. Hit me up. It's in West Hollywood. You, it's dope. The main thing is the loudness of the music. I know I sound so fucking old. Yeah, it's yeah. the fact that I have to stand and yeah. my eardrum's getting blown out. I get and it. I have to yell at people. I love talking, okay? So, like, I can't talk to people. I get it. Like, my, my looks is not what the biggest selling point for me is. I need to talk to people in order to pick up some chicks. Totally get it. But I can't just yell at them. That's so daunting. But I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll, I'll go. No, nah, this is chill. This is, it's a grown-up club. Like, you'll be not the youngest person there, but you'll be at the younger end of it. Okay. And uh, Where's in, it's, in, in, it's my boy Adam12. He's been on the show a few times. It's at the Standard. Oh, okay, great. The Sanders a good place. And it's a great. Let's go. It's an easy night out. It's not like high yeah. pressure. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to lose my voice by the yeah, next yeah, morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes I. That's what I'm saying. It's in the standard. It's not like this huge like. Yeah. It's not like clubbing in Hollywood with some. You know. There's been nights that I know, like say, girls filling me in the club. I know, if I just stay through the club closes, uh-huh. I'll get laid probably. Yeah. But I just couldn't. I just yeah. had to go home and go to sleep. I try to not do that anymore. Yeah, that's But right. it's just like, I can't, like, this is, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would rather go home and jerk off. You need stamina. Yeah, uh, see, I No, do. like, the, no, there's a, there's a stamina to getting laid. There is, you have to stay you through can. the night, man. Yeah. You have to be, you have to just be present. Yeah. You can't, you can't just be like 12 o'clock and be like, hey, you want to come back to my place? Because the girl want to like, keep no, partying. Yeah, yeah, it's prime time. Right? You know? Yeah. Oh my God, New York fucked me up. I was in New York. I was partying. And like. I mean, that's the problem because it never ends. It there. doesn't close till five. And then I literally, I stuck around till like 4 30. The club's about to close. Yeah. And, and, and this girl, I was talking to. And then I was like, okay, you want to you wanna go back to her? She was like, oh, there's an after party I'm about to go to. I'm like, oh my God. I'm already three hours past my bedtime. Right. I'm going to fucking kill myself now. Totally. Like now I'm pot, pot committed, right. as they say. 
And that's where that uh, that belief comes in, right? Because yes, if you don't believe, you're gonna well, get laid. Well, by the time like, seven o'clock, I go back to the house. Right. I'm gonna fall asleep when I'm fucking you, man. Yeah. Like you know, there's. What's the end game here? Let me take a nap. I'll meet you in the next place. How about that? That's a great note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, that's good, man. Uh, Jimmy's Rules for Clubbers. That's your next book. Yeah, I have a nap pot in the back. Let me, old man Jimmy, take a nap. <laughs> Come out. I'll be there till 7 a.m. Are you going to write more? Uh, I am writing some scripts and stuff. Yeah. And uh, book-wise, if a great idea comes to me that I want to write, I'll write it. I'm not yeah. just going to put out another one just to try to make some money or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. <clears throat> yeah. Dope. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Thanks for Great doing the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to standard. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll go for party. sure. <laughs> um, and we'll get you out of Coachella next year. That'll be fun. Yeah. Everybody, make sure you go get How to American by Jimmy O. Yang. Yeah, man. And uh, oh yeah, go to JimmyComedy.com if uh, anybody want to go catch any of the live shows. Doing a little tour coming up. Are you? Yeah. Nice. We'll come see you. Yeah. Yeah. Come by. Dope. Come by. Cool. Yo, that was Jimmy O. Yang on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave us a comment, a review. Say something to us on Twitter, Facebook, at Rebel Radio Net. Like I said, make sure you get over there and find out how you can win a copy of How to American by Jimmy O. Yang. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.